It started with a comment of, OMG, we live so close to each other, to boom, knock, knock, someone at the door being like, hi, I'm from da, 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 a super, super scary situation. But this gal knew her vampire lore and didn't invite this person over the threshold. You're listening to the Content Coffee Break podcast brought to you by Your Content Empire. I am your host, Haley Dale. Join me and my sometimes unexpected guests as we go behind the scenes on the strategies and systems that are working right now for online businesses wanting to grow and scale your business using content. If you have a topic or a question that you'd like to discuss, send me a DM over at Your Content Empire on Instagram. I would love to chat with you. And if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcast inspiration. It makes a big, big difference and it means the world to me. Welcome back to the Content Coffee Break podcast. I am here for a spooky episode for our content horror stories and how to prevent them in honor of Halloween. So we are, today is Halloween, and that is my second favorite holiday. It used to be my first, but I've gotten really into Christmas. Um, However, you know, one of the things that I love about the bridge between Halloween and Christmas, I just love this time of year. Um, It also leads into my birthday, my husband's birthday. So it's just like a really festive time. Like all the fun things are happening in the next three to four months. And so one of the things that we decided when we bought a house was that we were going to lean in to Nightmare Before Christmas as our Christmas decoration theme exterior, like on the outside of the house. And the fact that it is the perfect bridge theme between Christmas and or between Halloween and Christmas. And so we are able to put up our decorations like maybe a week before Halloween and keep them up all the way. How efficient. I love it. And so this is also a bridge between Halloween and your content, right? Because there's a lot of spooky, scary things that happen in content. And I've been having a lot of really fun and some kind of scary, as you'll hear, conversations in the DMs this week about situations and stories that have come up around content. And understandably, most the folks have wanted to keep things anonymous. So like the content genie I am, their wish is my command and I'm switching up my original plans for this episode. Um, So come around my campfire and let's tell some spooky content tales. Our first content horror story has to do with pirates and thieves, namely plagiarism. So some of the different pirate situations that I've heard about in the past couple of weeks, these pirates are really up to no good. Some of them have been like entire websites being stolen or individual web pages where you can tell just from reading them that they were very, very inspired by the copy on your website. Um, And so you read it and it's like, oh my gosh, am I having deja vu here? Other things, were social media profiles being stolen. That's happening more and more. I should have added catfishes in here to the pirates and thieves mix, whether that is just your picture being stolen and, or it could be your name, your picture, and people trying to pass themselves off as you. One of the things I heard is somebody actually um, had their profile stolen, their Instagram profile stolen. And then that person claimed a complaint against them saying that they were faking who they were. They were able to sort it out in the end, but it was a big, a 
big mess and a big creepy mess um, for a little while there. Other things have been like content being stolen or very heavy handedly repurposed. Um, again, that deja vu factor as you're reading it being like, oh my gosh, this person is either in my brain <laughs> or they uh, took a few too many liberties here. Um, and one of the stories that I want to focus on here, especially around content is around entire courses being stolen, like in my own case. So the situation here, when it comes to stealing courses, there's really two ways that I've heard about it. The first thing is previous students, this is not my case, um, of taking the course, turning around, creating something very, very, very similar, and trying to pass it off as their own. I cannot even imagine the feelings of betrayal in that, but that has happened more than once I've read about in uh, in my forays into um, on the online space here. In my case, what happened when I consider content, I consider your course to be the ultimate content when you turn your know-how and your content into paid informational products, whether those are courses or digital products, group programs, signature processes, whatever that is. Um, and in my case, what happened was I got a notification that somebody had signed up for my signature course um, and they'd used a fraudulent credit card. And so they were taking the money back. Fine. Um, that person ended up being removed. I didn't really think anything of it, even though I was like, that's weird. Um, and then three days later, somebody, somebody reached out to me and let me know, um, that my course was on this course reselling website. And so I went there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is here. I think it was, I think it was a little bit easier knowing where the leak was <laughs> rather than the call is coming from inside of the house. And it's one of my students, um, who I know and love and endorse and really get behind their business. That would have felt awful. So I was able to pinpoint where that leak 99% was from. And so that made things feel a little bit better from that fraudulent um, credit card purchase. Um, however, that did still like lead to this feeling of violation of seeing my course on there. And as I was scrolling through, I was seeing tons of other courses from my peers and other people in the industry. And so like my first course of action was to start reaching out to the other people that I saw in there. Like maybe they know how to deal with this. I never even thought this would be an issue. Um, and what I heard overwhelmingly is that, yeah, I know about this. There's nothing you can really do about it. I sent them a DMCA takedown notice um, and I can't figure out who it is or they're not responding to me. And this is just the cost of doing business. Just carry on and take the high road. Um, don't worry about it. However, road there, um, my road there was not exactly the high road and I was very bothered by it. I think I would take a different approach next time. And if my courses are on there, I would take a different course. But what I ended up doing is buying my own course. <laughs> I did not use, I know that there's a risk with this of getting your own account, like payment account shut down. And so I did not use my own, but I bought the course and then I filed a complaint through PayPal saying that, Hey, this is a fraudulent course. I want my money back. And that got them to respond. So I followed the normal course of action and sending that DMC takedown notice. I couldn't find who it was. Same thing, same story that I'd heard. Um, and then I bought it and all of a sudden they were very, very, responsive and promised to take my course down and never to put it up again. Um, so I got it taken down. Maybe it's back up there. Maybe they've stuck with it. But again, one of the things like I will never like, 
I don't think it's worth the effort. I don't think it's worth the headache that I had to go through, the worry and the stress that I had to take on through that situation. Um, and I might take a page out of those other people's books um, and have handled it differently. Um, but there was a sense of satisfaction in like hitting them where it hurt um, and working on at least getting my course down. One of the things um, I want to talk out here about pirate proof prevention. Um, so you could go ahead and do what I did, but in preventing these kinds of situations, I think it's very, very important to have your copyright and your terms of conditions all buttoned up. So there are a lot of templates for legal notices and website notices um, that you can take and use and customize. However, I would take it one step further um, and actually get like a local lawyer, someone who is in your state or in your province province or in your area to review those and just make sure that it like makes sense for where you are located. This is by no means legal advice. This is just what um, I did. The other thing to do is like update your course and your programs regularly. So even though this course went up there, like I was in the middle of like revamping my course and I have revamped my signature course about six times um, in just over that number of years. So almost every other year kind of thing or every year and a half. Um, and I've worked with different instructional designers. I just want to make this the best course ever with the best resources in there and the best experience in there. Um, and I'm super, super invested in making that happen. I'm very inspired by Denise Duffield Thomas, who has revamped her course so many times. Um, and every single time it gets better. And I'm like, that is the type of investment that I want in this course and I want for my students. Um, and so took a page out of her book. Have your copyright terms and conditions, update your course regularly. So even though this course was stolen, it was like so outdated by even like three or four months later. So if it's out there, it's a very outdated version of it. Um, and then the other thing is like, I think it's important to have some kind of onboarding process when you sell your course. So that way you can send an onboarding form, you can send a personal outreach email, but you get the sense that it's a person behind there and they get the sense that there's a person behind there too that cares about their course that cares about your experience in that course that cares about you getting through and wants to know who you are what your business is um, or what your goals and challenges are so they can tailor things a little bit um, and I think that goes a long way to preventing this type of situation is that personal connection um, and they would be a real jerk <laughs> to, to, to you know to turn around and steal your course after that when it comes to the solutions if you you find yourself in that type of situation, first things first is to send some kind of DMC takedown notice. Um, that is a legal letter that lets them know you're aware of it and to take it down. Now, of course, it's going to depend on the actual circumstances of the situation. Was it a former student? Was it a nameless, faceless entity that really wants to stay nameless and anonymous as they put your course up there and try to sell it at a fraction of the price or pass it off as their own? So the DMC takedown notice I think is a really kind of good course of action however if it happens to be someone in your inner circle or someone who is a former student you know definitely try to have those conversations first and let them know um, that you're aware of it and the situations that I've heard about people have gone that route and like reached out to them only to be blocked or denial, even though it's very, very obvious. I think your next course of action, even if it's a bit extreme, is to name and shame, right? But be very, very cautious. Make sure you have those conversations first. But if that is getting you nowhere, like other people deserve to know that this type of person is like up to no good. Um, I've been in an awkward situation where I had a 
business friend. Her course was stolen. They recreated it and tried to pass it off as their own. And so they named and shamed it and put it out there. And because of that, I knew that this person was in my course too. And I was able to like refund them, remove them from the program. I think it's important that other people are aware of the situation as well. Um, As long as it doesn't like veer into like online bullying, but accountability, I think is important. The other thing you could go the very extreme option, what I did was to like buy it and complain. At the end of the day, though, I want you to know, like, it's not your fault. If your content gets stolen, it is not your fault. And don't let it stop you from showing up and sharing generously. This is not an everyday thing or an every person thing. Most people are like very, very good people. And so if anything, it's more reason to show up because when you show up more generously and more people are aware of your content and aware of your methodologies, you have more eyes and ears watching out for you. So like, I must have had like three or four people reach out to me. There was someone else in another situation where they had borrowed a term and without giving credit. And I had so many people reach out to me about it to let me know. And I was able to reach out to that person and be like, hey, I don't know if you're aware of this. <laughs> However, have those conversations, right? And just know more eyes and ears and don't let it stop you or um, make you scared about showing up and sharing your stuff. Pardon the quick interruption to this episode. I'm so excited to let you know that the 2024 Content Empire Planning Bundle is here, and I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this year's edition. It's made up of one part comprehensive 12 month planner that takes you through every step of planning and managing your content and business goals, and one part collection of content creation tools to help you follow through on your content plans and get consistent once and for all. It helps you focus on what's important by keeping your business goals, projects and tasks, revenue plans and marketing calendar all in one place. This is way more than just a planner though. It's like having a marketing strategist that helps you figure out your business goals and how to connect them with your content and a business coach pushing you forward and keeping you accountable. If you have a business, create content and want to get organized and stay productive, you need to check out this planner. Grab your copy here over at yourcontentempire.com forward slash planner. So as we move to the next story, I think this is where I'm supposed to say, are you afraid of the dark, (laughs) right? Um, But the next story is around ghosts, right? And some different ghostly content situations that I've heard of are things like hiring someone to help you with your content and having them disappear, ghost you. So this has happened with content VAs. I've heard of it happening a lot with web designers. And unfortunately, because I run a funnel agency, I've had people come to me having been burned by other funnel builders and funnel agents. I've seen this one like two or three times, unfortunately, um, in the clients that I've worked with or clients that I've talked to, and they've just been too scared to move forward, which understandable. In this situation, a funnel person, a person who came to us um, to work with us on their funnel, um, and it was like one of my favorite projects ever, but they had been through a horrible experience of forking over thousands of dollars up front. And then that funnel agency completely pulled a vanishing act, could not get a hold of them or anything. The client was really, really burned and unsure during the call. I told them to only, you know, during that sales call, they were like really unsure. And I told them to only move forward if they were comfortable to sleep on it many, many days, do all the research, all the due diligence um, that they needed to do. And luckily it worked out, right? We launched their funnel in a record eight weeks. And even like three years later, that funnel is still 
still bringing in sales for them. Um, we stay in touch regularly to check in on how things are going to offer insights for tweaks that they can make. And they get to like really focus on the platform that they love because they know that it's tied to an automated sales system that handles the selling for them. So it just allows them to give their content a purpose. So when they're showing up on Instagram, when they're showing up on TikTok, there's a path that takes care of the selling for them, for people who come into their orbit, come into um, their audience here. And unfortunately, um, in their case, the person that they had worked with had them on a little bit like, oh yeah, we're getting to it. Oh yeah, we had a delay. Oh yeah, this person. So by the time they were like, hey, this person is like not gonna respond anymore and the person had stopped responding or the agency had stopped responding, um, it was too late for them to get their money back. The six month period on PayPal had expired, I believe at six months. The big thing here around ghost proof prevention and how to avoid getting into this situation yourself is to always do your due diligence. And I think it's important to pick people who have strong ties to the online community. So strong ties, meaning that you recognize some of the people who they're using as case studies, using as testimonials. Do your due diligence by reaching out to those people and just checking like, is this legitimate? What was your experience? Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what would you recommend or not recommend? Some things to really watch out for is saying yes to everything, over-promising. If they're over-promising, if they're saying yes to everything, you think that's a good thing, but they're telling you exactly what they want to hear and they should be like really, really honest about their process. Um, money up front, right? If they want all the money up front. In our agency, we do milestone-based payments. So yes, there is some money that is up front, but not all of it, right? And it's due after we have delivered on things. The other thing here is just a note on guaranteeing results. Anything online, anything in online business, anything pretty much, I think even like, in, I can think of like the personal coaching and the personal um, service industry too. There are no results, right? I think that they, I think it's a, I think it's a red flag if people are guaranteeing results. There are just too many factors. Although the majority of the funnels that we create for people do very, very well and perform higher than industry standards and like get them an ROI pretty much right away as soon as we go through that testing protocol in the agency. Um, it's not a guarantee, right? And there are some people who, you know, through the project, either they change their mind on the offer. They're not super bought into the process. We can buy, we can build you the best funnel in the world, but if you are not bought into promoting it, it's just going to sit there and do nothing. If you don't want to spend money on Facebook ads, if you don't want to do, and then if you don't want to spend money on Facebook ads, and then you also don't want to do all, like do the content and do the showing up to promote and get people into the top of that funnel. Well, the funnel is going to like languish and do nothing. So so if people are promising you results and not knowing all those factors, that's a big, big, big red flag. There are too many factors for anyone to be promising any results. However, you can rely on track, track record and along with due diligence, like check in with those people and make sure it's legit. The other thing is like, make sure to sign a contract, right? A contract is a must that lays out what they're responsible for, what you're responsible for, potential timelines, what happens in the situation that you need to take time off, that they need to take time off, what happens in those circumstances. Now let's talk about ghost busting solutions. If you find your 
yourself in that situation. I think first things first is like to have conversations, to send emails, to follow up on things. If you are not hearing back or not hearing back in a timely manner, I like having like a three strike policy, right? Obviously things happen, right? And people are busy. However, if that happens repeatedly and the person is not getting back to me, um, in the time that they promised to get back to me, well, then that's an issue. And I'm going to keep a record of those conversations. Now, just a note here about autoresponders in most businesses, most of the businesses that we are working with are small businesses, right? And so usually they will have like a two to five day kind of business turnaround, but that should be mentioned in their autoresponders should be mentioned in the contract even. So just make sure you're aware of what that turnaround time for communication is and like, don't go sounding the alarms before necessary because it's not within that that time frame of responding the other thing is like try if the person's really not responding try everywhere to get in touch and keep a record of that like find them on social media right send them an email send a form through their website right you want to make sure there's a record of you having reached out um and done your part there the next thing is to give a deadline for response maybe when you come to your wits end you haven't heard anything back it's maybe been like two to four two to four weeks would be like, if I don't hear from you by this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to assume that you are acting in bad faith kind of thing. Then payment protection, right? If this is an ongoing situation, you are very sure that they are not going to be following through on what they've promised you is like, use your PayPal protection, use your credit card protection. Yes, you're going to need to show evidence, which is why I told you to keep records of everything. Um, but that is there for a reason. Buyer protection protections are there for a reason. Next thing is like get lawyers involved, right? Depending on how much money it is. Is it going to be an expensive lesson or is it going to be something that's worthwhile following up on? At the end of the day, what I want you to do is definitely be cautious. Be cautious and intentional within when investing. Do your homework, but also don't let fear keep you from making the moves that you know are going to move your business forward. You don't want to like act from a place of fear. You want to be able to move from a place of intention um, and confidence right? Just knowing that you've dotted your I's, you've crossed your T's, um, and things are in order. Our final content horror story. Oh, and this one is spooky is around vampires. So some different blood sucking situations would be stuff like someone in a group program who sucks all the air out of the room or on coaching calls who monopolizes the conversation, right? As a facilitator, um, it becomes hard with that person in the room to move things along as much as your intentions are to do that. The other situation I've seen this come up since some of the conversations I've had is around trauma dumping. So people responding back to your emails with some really, really heavy, heavy stuff, right? So some trauma dumping that is traumatic to you, right? You need permission to share those things. The other thing is like weird pitches with no personalization from people who should know better, right? I hate, I hate that. I don't even respond. I have like a caveat in our autoresponder that are like, if you have sent a cold, ice cold pitch, just know we're not responding. But there is like a story that kind of tops all of them. So someone told me about a time that they hosted a free challenge back in 2019 and somebody from that challenge that they did not know showed up at her house. So this one is anonymous, but in 2019 hosted a free like five day challenge. It was about public speaking and sharing your story and connecting things. It was a lot of connection happening and people feeling they knew her and feeling like um, 
this is somebody and obviously that's the feeling that she wanted to cultivate but I think there should be some boundaries like I think in hindsight she mentioned there should should have been some boundaries in place that would have prevented this um, but like it started with a comment of omg we live so close to each other to boom knock knock someone at the door being like hi I'm from da 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 a super super scary situation but this gal knew her vampire lore and didn't invite this person over the threshold she awkwardly ended the conversation and later had a much much more serious conversation with this person um around boundaries and how inappropriate and how uncomfortable she felt um and what's funny is that this person wasn't even really aware that what they were doing was creepy and awkward and weird um which sounds super, super absurd. However, that's what I found in a lot of these situations is like, they might not even be aware that they're doing anything wrong, even though it's super, super obvious to you. The story sounds really, really absurd, but I've heard similar stories multiple times, like a big online industry person getting stalked at yoga class. Um, so some garlicky vampire prevention, set expectations, right? What can people expect from you as you go in, especially to these free challenges where there's a lot, there's more of like a intimate container just in the sense where you're sharing with people you're hearing people's story set expectations about what they can expect the other thing is protect your privacy right we are in the wild wild web and it is way too easy for people to find out stuff about you find out stuff about your kids and so protect that information one of my favorite ways to do that is to have a p.o box right so at the bottom of my emails you are not going to find my address there you're going to find my p.o box um, as a way of like protecting protecting my privacy, then have clear communication policies. This is one of my favorite things is to, if you need help, tech support, contact this email. And then if people are popping things in the group and tagging you, you can just remind them, hey, we don't deal with tech issues in this group, you can go and email this. So have like clear rules about in this situation, do this in this situation, do that. If you find yourself in that situation in a vampire situation, regardless of what the blood sucking situation is, I strongly encourage some one on one conversations. Like I mentioned, they might not even be aware that they're doing anything wrong, that they're oversharing, that they are monopolizing the conversation, of course, have empathy and be human about it. But just like use that as an opportunity to reinforce boundaries and if those boundaries are crossed again then you can take action like remove them from the group remove them from the program um, whatever you need to do here so with that are you afraid of the dark right some content horror stories that I hope you never have to experience firsthand so zombies and witches I really wanted to add in our zombie and witch story however I couldn't think of anything bad about witches that I'd heard and the zombie story was way 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 too spooky and I didn't get permission to share it so my lips are sealed. So with that, keep yourself safe out there. Come and share your stories with me. I'm all ears. Um, and in terms of what next, I am headed away for my online, for my annual content planning business retreat for my bizversary. And next week, I'm going to be sharing the lessons that I've learned from nine years in business. These are going to be juicy. So until next time, have a great day and keep creating content. Thank you for listening to the Content Coffee Break podcast. For show notes, links, and resources, head over to thecontentcoffeebreak.com. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, it would mean so much if you would take a quick moment to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can catch the next episode right when it drops.